Hey, hit the modifiers. Don't forget to follow at Pod and check out our Patreon. Stick around through the end of the episode for more information. Enjoy! Insourceled, a low-key, hate-free, HP, D&D podcast. There is no room for hate here, only education and helping one another. Hogwarts will always, always be here to welcome you home. Last time on Insourceled, the Sorcery Sisters received a letter from their good friend and Sanctum of Sorcery contact, Henry Porter, containing a list of all the prisoners who escaped from Alaskaban. Celeste continues to have mixed feelings regarding the necklace sent to her anonymously. The girls deliver the list to the professors and discuss the people on the list who are family members of the group. During this conversation, the girls realize Edison shows sign of obliteration when asked about his father. The group decides to have Professor Singh look into the potion Ren stole to possibly use on Edison about his time away from Hogweed. Ren has her detention with Professor Carver, where his wife, Chief Sorcerer Claire Chapman, sat very pregnant. They have an unusual and awkward conversation, ending in some kind of semi-approval from Claire, and a strange exchange in which Ren lets Claire know she knows about her and Kelvin's past. Or at least, some of it. Ty teaches a very important lesson on evaluating and reacting in various situations. The girls take their new skills to dinner, where they attempt to figure out which student they're looking at by giving an identifier. Celeste checks in with Professor Chang about her necklace, voicing her concerns about her family's past making her inherently evil. Celeste ultimately decides to secretly wear the necklace, letting Professor Chang know in case anything happens, but allowing the hope that people can change give her optimism. Ty, Jameson, and Carver take the girls to a quiet London pub in an observational exercise field trip. The men are uncomfortably flirted with by a bartender, but otherwise, the girls did a great job seeing the details of the people around them. At the Halloween feast, Professor Singh informs the girls that the potion was ready and proven safe for consumption. Edison decides to take the potion, and while it doesn't seem to have an effect at first, he lurches forward in a breathless panic, eyes wide as he desperately gasps, He found me! And with that mystery ahead of us, let's begin. Welcome back to Ensourceled, everybody. Today with us, we have Willow Wilson. And the Jinsiochronstatter, currently studying Knocked Up, an historical encyclopedia of hinges, knockers, knobs, and other door hardware. We have Bry Walton. Celeste Carver Chapman, CCC. Very sick today, but luckily none of the C's stand for coronavirus, so we're good. We have Marta First. Louisa O'Brien, but you can call me for dinner, cause I'm hungry for the truth. We also have Holland Lane Curtis. Ren D. Tierney, the D stands for denying ties to the black market. And I'm Harley Ann Culp, and I'm the monster who created Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. The tension in the room squeezes every bit of comfort out of you as Edison lurches forward in a panicked gasp. <gasps> his hand clasps his shirt, scrunching the material in his fist as he searches for something to hold onto and ground him. His eyes are wide and his chest rises and falls rapidly. His expression is frantic, but his attention is elsewhere, like he's lost in a world of memories, miles away from where he is. As he speaks, his breath shudders. He found me. He searches the room around him, seeing an environment that wasn't there. They lied. They weren't the sanctum. They, they took me somewhere dark. It was so dark. And, and he was there. And, and there were so many of them. It's a, it's a whole army. And some of them were so horrible. And they wanted me to stay. They told me school was useless, but I, I, didn't, I didn't believe that. And then one day, a bunch of people broke in. And, and in the chaos, I escaped. But as, as I was running away, I, 
got I got hit hit by something, and then I was back at at, at Hogweed. His words begin trailing off as his breathing slows. His eyes droop a bit in sleepiness, and he grows quiet until he stops speaking altogether. And Professor Jameson crouches in front of him, and he says, Edison, are you okay? Edison nods his head sleepily, and a, a small voice comes out, and he just says, tired. Do you remember what you said? Um, he simply shakes his head, shutting his eyes. Jameson stands back up, and he turns to the professors, and he says, okay, um, Shivani, can you get him back to his dorm? And Professor Singh nods and offers their hand to Edison, who takes it and shakily pulls himself to his feet. Um, Professor Singh places a hand on his back and escorts him out, Edison shuffling in exhaustion. Before you go on, before they're gone, Imogen runs over and gives Edison a freaking hug and is probably still weeping. <laughs> he, uh, he, he grasps onto Imogen, um, his body weight, definitely, he's not able to really hold himself up, but, but he, he gives you a really deep hug. I'm so sorry. Um, he, he doesn't really say anything, um, he just kind of like floppily nods his head, um, he's, his whole body is exhausted, it, it took a lot of energy out of him, um, and, and Professor Singh kind of like, um, puts, puts their arm around, uh, his shoulder and like, supports him as they leave. Edison, we will keep you safe. The the doors uh, close behind them, and, and as soon as they're gone, the professors immediately turn to each other and begin speaking rapidly all at once. It is a noise, bundle, jumble, bunch. I also, um, I just want to hug Imogen once she comes back in, just like, and like, a, you know, we're worried for our friend, but it's going to be okay. He was so scared. Celeste would like to uh, listen in on what the professors are saying. I know it's a noise jumble, but she'd like to be part of it. Yeah, um, how, how much can we hear? <laughs> I mean, they're they're not being quiet. They are kind of excitedly speak, not like excited and like a happy, but like a lot of energy um, speaking very fast all over one another. Um, you hear uh, you hear a couple of them go army. Uh, what did he mean by army? How many are in this army? Is it is it all the escapees? Are there others? Um, you you hear some people talking about in the dark. Where could this? Did they take him where he was hiding? Uh, where where could it, is it underground? Is it in some kind of building? Was it was it even in the UK? Where was it? Who took Edison if it wasn't the Sanctum? I mean, how could they have gotten their hands on him? What did the Sanctum take him from Hogweed, or were they not even the Sanctum at all? And then you also hear, um, you know, what are, what are we going to do about this? Can we find where they're hiding? Are they even still there? They probably moved if it was broken in. Kind of like the, lots of speculation um, and lots of trying to like unravel the words that were just said. Uh, I take Imogen's hand um, and just say, he'll be all right. He just needs some rest. Um, don't be alarmed if he doesn't remember taking the potion at all. We don't know exactly how much will come back, um, but we'll remember for him. We're going to have to tell have him. have to remember all of that. We're going to have to tell him everything, too. It's only fair. He probably won't be able to... <clears throat> Depending on the type of, of uh, curse this was, he, he may not be able to comprehend it. We might just give him headaches. So we need to be careful. We might not remember, but we'll remember. We'll make sure that we fix this for him. I'm scared for him. Me too. 
Um, after after a moment of, of this wild questions, yelling spree, um, Ty waves his hand uh, and he says, all right, all right, everyone needs to calm down. I know that was wild. We, we heard a lot of things that, that we were unsure about, didn't know, didn't realize. This definitely changes a lot. Um, but we we need to take a minute, calm down, and and try try and figure this out one piece at a time. I, I think I think what we really need to do is is to take some time and think on what is said, but prioritize whether or not the sanctum actually has a part in this or not. Because if it wasn't the sanctum who took him in the first place, then that changes a lot of what we thought. The professors um, quiet down at Ty's word, um, kind of nodding uh, an air of, uh, of kind of like a solemn feeling in the air. The the serious energy and the tension uh, kind of lingers, giving everyone a feeling of like a like a pit in their stomach. Well, he was on the oblivious records in the sanctum, so wouldn't that mean that they're involved? Because he said he was hit with a curse and then he was back at Hogweed, so it was likely the people who took him, the people in that dark place, who obliterated him and then, and then I guess still reported it. Yeah, I mean, the way I think of it, it could be either that the the people who took Edison, that someone from the Sanctum is working with them and was able to do this, or that the people who raided the people who took him, they for some reason didn't want Edison remembering this, remembering being taken, and so they, you know, obliterated him and put it on the registry. Professor, do we know who brought Edison back, or did he just show up? Um. Uh, honestly, uh, I can't say. I think we'd have to check in with Professor McConnell. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. And, and I have to say, all, all of that is is definitely possible. But but there is another possibility that um, the the people who um, use the Oblivious Curse and who obliterate are not always people who work for the Sanctum. It usually is recorded. It is illegal to not report the use of it, but it is not illegal to use it if you're not a sanctum member. So it could be on the records, but from and from the but someone from the sanctum might not have performed it. Well, it said that Miss Adams signed off on it. Um, whether that's the Miss Adams that we met recently or the Miss Adams that Edison thought he knew. Um, if there's somebody masquerading as her, or if she's uh, a, a double agent in some form, um, I'm not sure, but I, I think that if we're going to start looking, she might be the first place that we should look. I think that is um, a, a good idea. We, we need to check with Headmistress McConnell immediately, because, I mean, we don't know how Edison came back. If he just appeared, she would have the records, wouldn't she? She would have known of um, when he came back. She should. Uh, at that moment, um, Professor Jameson um, clearly had been kind of uh, shaken from the whole thing. Um, he kind of pulls himself out of out of like a daze that he fell into, and, and he says, "I'm sorry. I um, I was the one who found him back at Hogweed. He was he was outside. He was just standing outside." Professor, are you feeling hazy right now? Can I make an insight check? Yeah. Seven. Professor Jameson is wearing a very nice sweater today. 
what color is it? It's made of quality material. Uh, wow. Are we talking crochet, knit? Lovely. Um, it's cashmere. <laughs> okay, interesting. So very, a very fine knit. It must have been yeah, a so gift or something. He doesn't normally look that nice. Interesting. I, Celeste whispers to Ven, he has on a lovely sweater. I mean, it's just like, what color was it again? Uh, it's like blue. It's like a rich royal blue. Well, it's just blue. Does that make it nice? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Purple is out for royal. It's like blue is the new royal color, and especially royal blue. It's in the name. Uh, uh, I'll explain all this to you later. Is there any way that we can beg Louisa to make an insight check? Because <laughs> I would love to. Go for if it. That's okay, great. <laughs> I don't want to take away Celeste's moment. We'll see if my dice do okay. <laughs> I got no, a nat one. Take... Natural one. Whoa, that would like up to... really fast. <laughs> Imogen would like to make an insight check. I'm real sorry. <laughs> dice gods are not with us. Get it together, guys. <laughs> or maybe they're protecting Jameson. It's an 11. We're not doing too great. Well, she's pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> right, it's up to you. With, with, an 11, with an eleven, you notice that he's uh, he was pulling himself out of his out of a daze as he said that, and also his shoes look boring. So what was you that? Didn't you have my dice Ren? out. I'm a mess. <laughs> what was that you asked Ren just a second ago before we all individually? Um, it's it's like we rolled a die and it just didn't happen for us. It, maybe it's like mirages. We all saw what we wanted to see. <laughs> um, what Ren asked was... Um, are you feeling hazy, Professor? Yeah. yeah. Professor Jameson, are you feeling a bit hazy? Uh, I'll give you uh, advantage on insight if you want to roll after asking that question. So what you're saying is we should have just let Ren do it from the beginning? Yeah, but I don't want to say that because that was a very funny thing. <laughs> That's... Uh, for people... Okay, okay. All right. Um, hmm, advantage, that's good. <laughs> Is it two ones? <laughs> two fours! Six! Dumb bitch. We're real distracted by all that emotions. <laughs> um, it's my fault, I shouldn't have told her about the sweater. Ross rolled a four, uh, Teddy rolled a six, so God. you guys. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say, um, I think whether, if, if you'll allow this, I think whether or not uh, the inside check would happen. Um, I know Ren's super paranoid right now, and she would potentially know what Hazy looked like, or at least would be worried about finding Hazy. So I think whether or not she gets that from Jameson, she's going to turn to the girls and she's like, um, I think it might be a good idea for me to talk to my... Um, my supplier and see if we could get some more of those potions. <laughs> Would you like to rub your necklace? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I okay. I twist my necklace purposefully. Um, if for everyone but Ren, if if you look at her necklace, um, after a moment, you you may notice that in in the clear shard uh, in the middle, all of a sudden blinks uh, an eye of some kind of light bluish greenish color that um no one can still on okay yeah i was gonna say it's supposed oh. to be green you know uh you you see you see it, it it blink and then um all of a sudden uh you notice it kind of like lowers a bit and you see a furrowed uh, black eyebrow and then it disappears while the eyeball was there could celeste uh, just have jameson repeat the question just be like 
I'm sorry, Jameson, I wasn't listening. Do you feel hazy? So that um, it sees what we're talking about. Uh, he like rubs his eyes and he's like, uh, no, I'm I'm fine. Um, it's just, it's hard to see students like that, um, I guess. I can't believe the friend... highest we got was an 11. I know, I'm so mad. Imogen uh, is very perceptive today at an 11. <laughs> uh, does Ren recognize the, like, is it similar to what her parents did? Um, I don't know, guys. I think I think we had our shot with all yeah. of us having an insight check. Yeah, I, think I, have, an, I have an idea. With advantage, too. Okay. I think yeah, I mean, I maybe not idea. insight. I'm not, like, gleaning that he knows, but Brent's if not great at perception either, guys. If we're worried about, if we're worried about Jameson being obliterated, maybe we should check the file that we still haven't really... Oh, wait, did I return that? No, you did not return that. You took <laughs> it. You just took it. It's just Edison's file, though, is it? Isn't it? It's nope. not like a list of everyone. It is a big chunky list of a bunch of people who were obliterated. Well, let's yes, look right on through that then. When we when we go investigate Miss Adams, remind me to put this back. I really don't want Andy to get in trouble. So you guys look through the file? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we will excuse ourselves first, I'm sure. I don't yeah, know. Imogen is taking the file and just plopping down on the ground like, let's find Jameson. Um, the professors absolutely look at you strangely, pulling out a file and then starting to read it. Um, but as you flip to uh, J for Jameson and you scroll down the list, there's a lot of people with the last name Jameson, but only one with the name Sean, and you see it on the list. Professor Sean. Oh, fuck. That's him. <laughs> he looks at you. Do you say that out loud? Sure, why not? He gives you a weird look. Uh, yeah? Um, per- been- Professor Jameson, you're on the list. Whose list? The obliterate list. Sorry, I, I thought it was gonna be like, you're on the list. Whose list? Mine. <laughs> 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 yeah. While Louise is saying this, can Celeste look, just because she has been hanging out with Ren and she's more paranoid than she usually has been, she's gonna look at the other teachers' names. All of them? Uh, yeah, so... Start with McConnell. Yeah. Not that anyone could land a curse on her. She's so powerful. Brilliant. Um, McConnell is clear. You go to, yeah, so you don't see McConnell on the list. You don't see, um, who the fuck are these people? Uh, you don't see Professor Chang on the list. Sorry, I've just forgotten every single name of all of my NPCs. It's totally fine. I'm not- oh, thank God. I love Professor Chang so much. I do not want her to be obliterated. Um, so yeah, Professor Jameson is on the list. Professor McConnell is fine. Are you just looking at people who are in the room or are you looking up every single professor you know? Uh, in the room and then maybe I'll do some research later. Um, Professor... who the fuck was there? Delgado's not on the list. Ty is not on the list. Um, Harvard is not on the list. Now, I also would like to just give you a heads up. This is not every single person who has been obliterated ever. Uh, it is within a time frame. It is a wide time frame, and it is a thick file with a long list. But it's not. It's not everybody. So I, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, we're we're aware. It's just. Uh, if there is any, if there are any more professors that we have to tell we're obliterated, we should just know that now. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead, get it all out of the way. Uh, no, so, Professor Jameson. Going back to Louisa's moment. Sorry. Yeah, Professor, you're you're on the obliterate list. You were looking hazy there for a minute when you were talking about finding Edison. 
So we looked at the list and you're you're on it. I'm I'm on the I mean I thought I don't I don't think I've I would have remembered well I would have I would not have I I don't think I'm um he has a hard time saying words. Of course uh, he does. He's he's flustered and it seems like he kind of knows what he's trying to say, but it's almost like halfway through each sentence, um, what he tries to say changes and he starts all over with a different sentence. Um, and, and he struggles to get that out. And uh, Professor Singh is gone, right? Yeah, Professor Singh is left. Okay, I was gonna tell them. <laughs> Professor Jameson, do you think a part of your subconscious might have been trying to tell us when you decided that we were going to look at obliteration charms in class? Um, I, I don't, I, um, he, he kind of tries to start a sentence a couple times, but eventually he just kind of, like, gets up, uh, gets up, no, he gives up, um, kind of getting lost into his brain a little bit, and it looks like he's trying to concentrate, um, it's one of those things where it's, like, he knows what he wants to say, but he can't communicate it, and it's, he's getting a bit frustrated by it. Have the- It's Pain. I wouldn't say physical pain. It's definitely causing him like he's very frustrated and he's a bit irritated at himself. But it's like he just can't figure out how to make the words in his head come out of his mouth. Have uh, the other professors noticed this conversation or are they still like really busy talking amongst themselves? Oh, no, they're all listening to this. Um, But I don't really think they know what to say. Um, Ty does move forward. And as we know, Ty, Ty and Jameson were, were best friends back in school, having reconnected through him coming to uh, Hogweed. And he gives him like a supportive like hug around the shoulders, just like to, to be like, I'm here for you. It looks like it did with, um, <clears throat> with my mom and dad, I say to the teachers. Also, just while this is happening, I want to uh, just go over and like, grab Ross's hand, because he's probably not doing great. <laughs> would be yeah, my so this, this whole semester, Ross has been a bit off. Um, he's been a little bit moody, uh, really quiet, kind of just like downtrodden. Um, and, and right now, he's staring at his his big brother, his, you know, his hero, his, his best friend, and there's something wrong with him, and it doesn't seem like there's anything that he can do to help. So he's kind of sitting there, and he has just this lost, like, helpless look on his face. I think uh, Louisa would just uh, go over to him, and I don't know if he's sitting or standing, but either way, just get next to him and um, just, like, try and grab his hand, see if he wants a a hand to hold. Ross isn't on the list, is he? You said there were a lot of Jamesons on there. Uh, Ross is not on the list. Okay. Um, I was worried about that. Can we Somebody ask... look up Teddy. <laughs> but you said there were a lot of Jamesons on there. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly just because it's a common name. Um, could we ask uh, Ross or uh, Professor Jameson if any of their family is on there? Um, yeah, you can ask. Um, it is it is a very common name. Um, so naturally there there is a lot of them. Uh, when, when you look at... Uh, the, the Jameson list, you, you show it. At first to uh, to Sean, who like looks down and he's like, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, we have we have a lot of family members with basic names. I'm seeing some of their names here, but I don't know if it's them. I mean, the, there's a lot of, um, what's a common name? 
John. There's Jamie. a lot of John Jamesons out there. It could Jamie, be Jamie Jameson. Could you know? There's ten Jamies on this list, and I have a cousin so, named Jamie. John Jamie Jingle Jameson. <laughs> His name is my name too. Oh look, John Jamie Jingle Jameson is on here. Famous well, wait. Star. Oh, that's oh name. look down. Yeah, look down later. It's it, that that's name is his name too. Can I look up my father's real name? Um. So you you look in the list for uh for your father's uh birth last name, the name he was given at birth, um, which is Calvin. <laughs> it's Calvin Crunch. Um, which sounds like a name out of a fucking Christmas movie. Um, Captain Crunch, you said? <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like a breakfast cereal. Captain Crunch! <laughs> Captain Calvin Crunch. Uh, I will <laughs> never not think of Celeste's um, original name as Captain Crunch. It is Guys. it is Captain Crunch that is canon. So anyways, back to this dramatic moment. So you open the file um, and you look at, at your father's original name. Captain um, Crunch. And it is not on this list. Captain Crunch is not on the Oblivion list. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll... My boom, my, my whatever the fuck this is called keeps Pop hitting filter. me. Pop filter. I'll, it keeps just bopping. Just be safe, I'll also look up my mother. Okay. You look up Claire, uh, I'm assuming both, like, both. Chapman and Corot. Um, and she is not on the list. Alright, well, Celeste looks to Professor Chang and just says, Professor Chang, what do we do? Um, P Professor Chen looks a little bit, um, lost, uh, but she says, you know, I've known several people who have, um, been a victim of this, this curse, um, and there sadly is, at this moment, nothing we can do. The only known thing to cure this kind of curse is not necessarily an option for most. Um, it it's difficult and, and no one really wants to use it. Torture? Yes. Um, there does seem to be progress, of course, within a potion antidote, as we've seen, but it is very flawed um, in the sense that it, it seems to, to only last for a minute. It seems to put the user back into a state that they were in when the curse happened. It, it doesn't seem like an ideal solution for now um but i'm assuming that wherever you got this run that they're continuing to develop and work on this and hopefully maybe one day they'll figure out a more permanent or less traumatizing solution but there, there's got to be a way to remove or bypass the the blockage in the synaptic network pathway that has been bl blocking the real memory there there's got to be a, maybe some um, some sort of enzyme or something that we can get past the blood-brain barrier to get through there and eat up the, the blockage. Don't I know pull out I pull out neuroscience obliterated. Said, no! <laughs> um, the, the professors are like, what science? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> what science? Um, the one who's able to kind of absorb this the best kind of nods a bit and he says, I understand what you're saying, but the way that magic interacts with nature um, is is still not fully understood. And the, there are different ways that this curse interacts with the memories or the brain in that the, the memories can be changed 
They can be removed. They can be simply hidden. Now, hidden is the easiest way. The, the, with the other methods, it's it's more difficult to figure out a way around the curse. It's a very powerful curse, and that is why it is so difficult to find a way to undo or fix. It's like if, if torture is the best way to break the blockage, it's it's kind of like in Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn series. Like um, a lot of the the Alamancers, they they snap their they snap their powers through often through torture or through a traumatic experience. So if this is similar, it would suggest that there's some blockage that can only be reached in in dire straits when the brain is under so much um, pressure and emotion that something something lifts something breaks the dam there there has to be a way to do that on a less traumatic level like i mean we're sorcerers understand this that we have so much information why can't why can't we fix this celeste grabs imogen's hand it's okay the there's so much that we know how can how can we know so much and yet know so little? The problem is that for so long, the, the magic has made sorcerers in a way lazy. We can always get by, we can find our own shortcuts, we can do what we need to do. And it did not create a need for understanding. With, with normies, they didn't have the magic. They needed to figure everything out. That's why some consider us behind in terms of technology or, or, or modern views, but we have since discovered that we can't just get by and we need to actively progress. So it takes us a bit longer at the moment as we're trying to find how to, to study this substance that no one really knows where it came from or or why certain people have it and some don't and essentially we we're behind hoping to reach a point of of renaissance um where where the advancements flourish and we can truly learn as fast as the normies did when they they needed to progress so quickly it's just sorcerers have been obliterating people for so long how has no one ever been curious how has no one ever sought answers as to how how it works and how we can fix it and how how i i just i feel like i'm the only one who's really asking who's really looking for a way to get all the perspectives together to get an answer it's possible that there were in the past people who were working on it and using Then why the is there nothing? Then why is there nothing that we can draw it's from? It's possible that somebody pre- actively is preventing the research. Imogen, the Imogen, I know this is so hard. And I mean, we've only, you know, been at school for, you know, a year plus but there's a lot that needs to be tackled in the sorcery world. And 
I mean, you, you know how I feel about, you know, mental health and sorcerers. I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Well, maybe this is some work that we can do too. It might not be done yet, but we can make sure it gets done. We can, we can try and increase the visibility about this issue and, and do something going forward. We can't change the past, but you know, we can, we can try. Better for the future. No, and it's really exciting. Normally I would just be real excited about so much new stuff to learn, but after seeing Edison like that, he was so scared. And seeing Professor Jameson, his struggling to to remember, it's it's hard it's just to see frustrating. Your yeah, it's hard to see your friends in pain. It's really it's, hard. It's really hard. That's how we all felt when we saw you in pain last year. But remember, we wanted to kick butt. Yeah, but yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't cursed. I wasn't. I wasn't taken to a dark place full of strangers I was it's it's bigger now it is it's big but there are a lot of us and we can make a change and we can we can help them so that's the only thing we can do we'll just keep our minds on helping them to move forward okay and we can start by asking professor McConnell what she knows Yes, we we can't fix the problem right now, but we can make the choice to to work on it. And that's the first step. We can figure this out. We have to figure this out. Together, we can. I'm sure. Okay. We will. I I wipe my my tears on my uh, paper gauntlet note taking thing, um, which smudges a few notes. But then I take out another notebook and I start writing down everything I can think of. Um, I think actually before you can use that to wipe, I think that um, Ren has just been quiet most of this time, but she kind of reaches over and wipes the tears from Imogen's face. Just that. Thank you, Ren. And I, I sit down hard on the ground, pull out a notebook and start writing down everything I can think of that could possibly be useful because I am, I am determined that we are going to be the ones who can fix this, and it, it has to be soon. With that, um, Ty kind of nods uh, at the end of this exchange, um, and he says, um, it's late. Um, you all should, should be going to bed. Um, I'm sure, you know, everyone here has things that we need to sleep on and think about, um, and we'll figure this out. It might take time. But I'm sure that we will. Um, and with that, the uh, the night comes to an end. You all go back to your dorms, sleep if you can, um, and hope that the next day you will feel a bit better. Ren doesn't sleep a wink. I don't sleep either. I'm uh, I'm sitting, taking notes, making uh, hypotheses, just trying, doing everything I can because I this affected Imogen a lot, and she she can't rest till she fixes it uh, celeste spends all night studying memory related spells um and i and feel Louisa like Louisa sleeps said, fine <laughs> no, she doesn't sleep fine but i feel like she like crawls into bed and like curls up and just 
thinks about her friends and I think she spent a lot of time like wondering what's up with Ross and now worrying about Jameson too because I know she she looks up to him like an older brother a little bit also so just like worrying about those Jameson boys and Imogen and all of our friends who need help so the next the next week um is a very unusual one um you know the beginning it starts everyone's in this kind of solemn place but as we get closer to the weekend ren louisa you have your first broom zoom match and it's against each other real quick can we take a collective deep breath because i feel like we all need it yes we need that we need that (laughs) so as uh as the week goes on uh we get closer to game day Things start shifting. Um, Louisa, Ren, perhaps you start feeling nervous or hyped or pumped. Um, you have some practices. Sorry, but- Ren feeling nervous? No. Shocking. No way. You have a couple practices this week. Um, Ava Laurie and Arleon graciously gave up their practice. So you guys are able to, both of your teams are able to have a little more practice time before the match. Um, but the day before you have off, so you're able to rest carbo load the night before. It is Saturday morning. It's game day. Um, you don't have to be at the locker room until after breakfast. So uh, what's what's your guys' morning like? Um, if Louisa will allow it, Ren is trying really hard not to like push it on her, but is, is like, and uh, this is what I usually eat for my balanced breakfast before a game. Uh, you're welcome to it if you want, but you don't, you don't have to, only if you want to. It's right here. I already have two, um, I, I, I have, I have, uh, this this side's mine, and if you want it, I did make you a plate with all of the same things. Um, but totally, if you don't okay, want it, Ren, Ren, thank you. Yes, uh, that's great. Thank you. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Are you excited? I'm. I'm. Wow, that was southern. <laughs> Are you excited? Are you excited, Louisa. <laughs> don't make fun of Louisa like that. <laughs> yeah, Ren. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm really nervous. I didn't really want my first game to be against you because obviously you're so good. And I'm just really, I really want to not let down Professor Jameson. Like he's been through so much. He needs to win this bet. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best. She like shouts. <laughs> Like She's an anime protagonist. Like, I yeah. will do my best. But like but like riddled with anxiety. Just like it just came out too loud. I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> I think Louisa, you're going to be absolutely amazing. You have a natural talent for this. You've been practicing so hard. I'm so yeah, excited says, to play with you. Says the athlete. <laughs> you okay. You absolutely hold your own, Louisa. You know you can. Don't even start with me on that. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I just really don't want to lose for Jameson. That's, I don't care about me, but you know, eh. she just like shovel starts shoveling food in her face. <laughs> uh, Ross and Teddy also at the table are, are eating pretty good. Um, and Ross at one point goes, don't worry about Sean. He'll be fine. He probably needs something to put him in his place anyways. The whole professor thing is going to his head. But, but he's so cool and he's, Wait, what do you mean going to his head? I don't know. He thinks he's the boss of me or something. Just because he's like my professor and head of my house. 
Ross, he kind of is the yes. boss of you. He's the boss of all of us, but also like, he's so nice. He's not like a like mean boss. He's like a cool boss that you can talk to. And that's that's why I want to do good for him. And also, like, I don't want to let my teammates down too. Like, we need a win. Right, Ross? Yup. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy chimes in at this point. He goes, guys, listen, we've worked really hard and no matter what, I think we're gonna have fun and we're gonna do a good job anyways. I'm excited to like actually play. I think it's gonna be so much fun. And I mean, Louisa, you've been doing some great stuff in practice and Ross, you have been doing fantastic with the squashel and everything. I think, I just, I think it's, I think we're gonna do good. I just hope it's good enough. But but you're right, we've been working hard and, and we're we're prepared, we're, we're ready. I, yeah okay i think it's kind of interesting because um maybe it seems like to everyone else that louisa and ren have kind of switched places a bit today um like, i mean louisa's always been nervous about like winning stuff and especially and when she knows like coming in first you know that's like a thing for her because she hasn't done it yet and um and she uh especially with Jameson, because Jameson's like, you know, she has that special, she feels such a special bond with him being his first normborn that he ever invited to Hogweed. And so she's, she's so, she, she just, she looks up to him an insane amount. Mm, I love her. Ren is shoveling food into her mouth with great speed. Celeste, Imogen, do you have anything to say to your friends before they're out on the field? Oh, absolutely. I am so confused as to who I'm supposed to cheer for today. Is it both? Um, both. I personally Absolutely both. Like cheer for both. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also personally would really like to only cheer for Ren and not Serpentine because Ren, you do have that bitch Catherine on your team. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess... wanna. I, I I do have to say I want to beat her so bad. Like I, I don't I don't want to win out of malice towards anyone on the Serpentine team, but I Except would just love to beat her for you, Celeste. Just yeah, shove see, her face in it. It's so confusing because I'm like I want the team to win. But I don't want her to win, and I think right now the need for her to lose is much greater. I agree. Let's beat so her. So I'll try not to win then. No, Everybody no. just try, try, try really hard. You try, try to, to win, win but, but I'm like... gonna also try. Yeah, and if and if Catherine were to fall off her broom, great. Oh yeah, I mean it's more likely gonna be me because I've fallen off my broom every practice. Friend, you have to stop doing that. Well, if I see the pilfer right there... Then you stay on your broom and try to catch it. And if you don't catch we, it, that's fine, because you don't fall off your broom. <laughs> we have had to grow back two bones already. Yeah. It's I mean, fine. There's fine. magic. That's... That's... Oh, gosh. So Can breakfast go. comes to an end. All of the, uh, all of the athletes thoroughly fueled. Um, there's a notable moment um, on game days where the uh, the teams have to leave breakfast a little bit early. Um, and 15 minutes before the end of breakfast, uh, Amar, again, the captain of Stufflefruff, and Leo, the captain of Serpentine, they stand up on their respective tables. And at that moment, their teams stand up as well. And they leave the Grand Hall following applause and cheers as they exit the Grand Hall.
You guys go following your teams to, to the locker rooms. Ren, you walk into your locker room. You feel a mixture of nervous energy and intensity around you. Uh, some of your teammates are quietly getting ready, putting on their safety equipment, like Micah and Thea, two of the more intense players. Catherine and Leo are discussing some strategy intensely, him explaining and her nodding along, adjusting her grip on her bat. Uh, Freddie and Hugo, on the other hand, are joking about something stupid, as they usually do. They're kind of like the jokesters. And and once they're finished talking, Catherine moves over to her locker, which happens to be next to yours. Uh, she pulls out her broom, and she looks over at you and smiles, and she says, Good luck, Tierney. You're gonna kill it. Uh, good luck, Kim. That's weird, because your first name and your last name are, are both first names. You know, uh, good luck, Kim. Uh, also kill it, and do not be killed. She uh, chuckles, amused at what you said, um, but but says thanks and, and walks away. Um, and and then Leo approaches you. Ren uh, feels super conflicted about because she's not, she's not going to be like you fucking suck, but because they're on the same team. But also in her brain, she's like she does suck. <laughs> she does suck. It's okay. So we know Ren is too scared to be mean to Catherine. She's always been nice to her on this team. But every time Ren has been nice to Catherine, Celeste just feels, just goes, eh. no. like, doesn't know what's going on, but just goes, eh. shiver down her spine. Something yes. is wrong. It's like a little pinprick in your heart. Um, Leo walks over to you, Ren, um, offering you a fist bump, and he says, you got this, kid. Just take it one step at a time, okay? Well, we're not taking any steps because we're going to be on brooms. We totally got this. It's going to be great. Okay. I am so excited, Leo. Do you return the fist bump? I realize that he has been holding the fist bump up for like 30 seconds, and then I finally do it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Louisa, your locker room is a tad more chaotic. Teddy and Ross are fighting over a helmet, unable to decide whose is whose. Archie and Hudson are trying to defuse the situation. Amar is pulling on his uniform sweater, and Gwenda offers a high five to you as you enter, and she says, are you ready to kick ass, O'Brien? I high five her back, and I say, yes, yes, I am. Hell yeah. Um, Gwenda- like shaking a little. Um, Gwenda's one of those players that's just kind of like, ready to go, ready to kill it, super confident. Um, and, and she, she continues getting ready. At that, hell yeah, Amar turns around, um, hearing all the commotion, and he nods to you, and you can tell he's definitely, definitely nervous, and he gestures for everybody to gather around. Um, in the Serpentine locker room, Leo does the same move. Ren, your teammates turn from their lockers to look at Leo, who takes a deep breath and lets it out slowly. <sighs> okay, Serps, first game of the season. We've trained hard for this. We got a good team this year. I want you focused, and I want you to remember your strategies. But I also want you to leave your stress at the door. Nerves will make you hesitate in your choices, and I want you to make decisions with confidence and follow through. Stufflefruffs are our rivals, but we're gonna treat this like any other game. Even if they play dirty like they normally do, stay clean and don't let it get to you. We got this team. Let's get out there. And does a big clap and turns. And just on the other side of the wall, the Stufflefruff team gathers in a similar configuration. Louisa, your teammates wrap their arms around the shoulders of those next to them, and you find yourself sandwiched between Teddy and Ross. Um, Amar smiles at you and says, we are a great team filled with powerhouses and smart players. We're building a long lasting team that will only grow in strength and skill over time. I hope you feel energized, motivated, and clear-minded. Ultimately, no matter what happens, have fun. Take risks. 
This is a game after all. Let's do this, Frost. And he, and with like an ah, he like raises his arms over his head to which the other players around you um, repeat. And as you turn towards the door, um, Ross stops you for a second and he says, good luck, Louisa. You got this. Good luck, Ross. Also, just like while that speech is happening, I feel like Louisa's arms are just like around both the boys' waists and she doesn't realize until afterwards that she was like grabbing their waist really hard until we all like put our hands up in the air and she's like, oh shit, like I shouldn't just, aw, just like muscling them. She's nervous. <laughs> Out on the field, the stands begin to fill with students, excitedly laughing and chattering. The Stufflepruff and Serpentine stands specifically were riotous with cheers. Some students have their faces painted emerald or marigold. Signs and posters with names and mascots were being held above heads. The professors were in their respective house stands doing the double duty of chaperoning the kids and cheering on their students. A booming voice echoes through the field. Whoa, 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 welcome to the first Broom Zoom match of the year. My name is Everest Edwards, your MV announcer, your them fatale. That's right, folks, I go by they, them pronouns, and don't you forget it. Before we begin, I'd like to give an extremely embarrassing shout out to my younger sister, Annabelle Edwards, the second year Leon. Hi, it's your older sibling. Mom wanted me to tell you, if you don't get your grade in Transfiguration up, you're gonna be grounded for all of winter break and you won't be able to go to Julia's Hanukkah party. Start studying, sis. I can help you study. <laughs> Am I cheering right? Something like that. <laughs> Cool. Drums begin beating an exciting beat so loudly you feel the vibrations in your chest echoing through your sternum. From one side of the field, players in golden uniforms begin speeding out one by one on brooms. Everest introduces each player as they arrive, giving enough space between to allow for various applause and screaming. Introducing the Stufflepruff team, Pursuers, Hudson Thompson, Archie Jones. Ross Jameson, attackers, Wenda Dunn, and Captain Amar Khalil, defender, Teddy Lycan, and searcher, Louisa O'Brien. Louisa, as you push off on your button to zoom out onto the field, you hear the crowd pick up in noise, particularly from the fruff stands. Jameson is standing, clapping his hands above his head. Um, next to him, you see your mother and father cheering as you fly into the sunlight. The sharp breeze blows past your face and ruffles your buns slightly. The warmth of the sun shining overhead relieves you from the bitter wind that November brings. The rhythm of the drum changes and intensifies, changing the tone. A richer, deeper roar stems from the crowd as Everest continues. And now, give your best to the Serpentine team. Pursuers, stay a heart. Hugo French and Freddie Hudson. Attackers, Catherine Kim and Captain Leo Cadigan. Defender, Micah Gill and searcher, Ren Tierney. Ren, you zip out onto the field and the sound booming around you feels momentarily overwhelming. Um, your eyes are drawn to the serpentine stance where at the very front of the stand sits Professor Carver who claps in the most dad on the sidelines way, very chill but intense. Speaking of dad, just behind him, you spot your own father and mother, dressed head to toe in lime green. It sticks out, surrounded by the richer serpentine green, but they got the spirit. Your dad wears a visor and has a clipboard and he's excitedly scrolling something down on it. 
Your mother holds a video camera and is smacking it lightly on the side. <laughs> you find your <laughs> you find your position. That's so okay. fucking funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is so fucking funny because the electronics can't work there. You find your position, ponytail whipping around behind you. The atmosphere is intense, the sound deafening and sun blinding. B-b-b-breaking news, I'm being told we have celebrities in the crowd. That's right, direct your attention to the center of the Leon stands and notice for the first time since they were students themselves, we have professional Valkyrie legend, Jenny Porter! And her husband, Henry Porter, who was captain of the Leon team at some point. <laughs> I feel like when Louisa saw Jameson and her parents, like. She sighed a breath of relief and was like, okay, it's going to be okay. But then she heard uh, Henry and Jenny were there and just like immediately goes back to being anxious. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Please tell me that uh, Jenny is wearing a beautiful marigold that matches her gorgeous red hair and that Henry is sitting next to her with like a green and he's just like, and a neck serpentine. <laughs> They are both wearing crimson red. Uh, I think like with the adrenaline, <laughs> when they say Henry Porter, she whips around and sees that he's wearing red and she goes, boo! <laughs> I mean, where's the support? Ren, how are you feeling? Um, I think that this is natural to her. This is where her anxiety and her shakiness morphs into adrenaline. Mm -hmm. This is where she feels most comfortable. So there's just, it's not anxiety, it's adrenaline. There's excitement. Um, she's like lasered in, focused in, hyper-focused. Fantastic. And Louisa, how you doing? I, I think Louisa's kind of nervous. She's, she's pretty nervous. She was happy to see her parents, but she's worried about like letting people down. I feel like she's just like in her brain, she's like, it's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. And uh, she's just, she's trying to not pay attention to how freaked out she is. And she like, I think she's also like, oh God, now I really hope Ren wins because all these people came to see her. But like, I do want to win too. It would be nice to win something. And then she's like, no, it's just a game. We got to go. We got to play. She's a mess of anxiety. Amazing. So down on the field, uh, Amar and Leo make their way to the center of the field. Leo offers his hand and Amar looks at it for a moment before reaching out and grabbing it. Serpentine and Stufflepuff have been rivals in Broomzoom for years now, passing the grudge down from captain to captain. It's sure to be an exciting and intense game for sure. Professor Stewart gives her normal instructions and begins backing up, blowing her whistle. The players push up into the air, hovering in their positions. Um, while we wait for the balls to be released, uh, you hear Ever say, let's talk stats. The surf team has two seventh years, a sixth year and a fifth year, then finishing off the team with one third year and two second years. They have the second oldest team behind the Leons. The Fruffs on the opposite end of the spectrum with the youngest team this year, and one of the youngest teams of all time, with one fifth year, one fourth year, one third year, and a record of four second years. It's not too far off the mark to call this team the underdogs, or rather, the under raccoons. Professor Stewart blows her whistle again. And suddenly, four balls fly into the air and the players are in action. 
And we're off. Gwenda done for Fruff, taking charge right out the gate in possession of both bludgeoners. But they, a heart for Serps, has control of the squashel. Both captains, Leo Cadigan for Serp and Amar Khalil for Fruff, are off to a slow start. Seems to be distracted by something. Perhaps the intense rivalry between them. Oh, wow! Don just did a double whack. Y yes, I know, we agreed. I wouldn't call it that, Professor. I'm sorry. She, she just sent one bludgeoner towards Hart and one towards Cadigan. She misses Hart, but oh man, Cadigan goes off spinning. But at least he's paying attention now. Man, I can tell these players are going to be thirsty when this is all said and done. Hey, know what my favorite sports drink is? Gender fluid. <laughs> Ow, sorry, Professor. Turn your attention to the right of the field. We have some pilfer action. Ren Tierney for Serp has made a move. And it looks like Louisa O'Brien for Fruff is following. Seems all the other players keeping distract. Tierney goes for the pilfer so early in the game. Oh, and it darts out of the way, throwing her nearly off the broom. Ren, your balance shifts dramatically and you feel your fingers start to slip from your broom, but you feel a hand on your back pushing you back up. And as you turn, you realize you nearly flew directly into Carver, but his shove steadied you back onto your broom. Oh, thanks, Professor. We can yeah, high five. Yeah, I go for a high five with Celeste before zooming off. Ren, stay on your broom. What did I say? Don't jump off. Never. Very important part of this game. Imogen right. is reading a book. You know, she pipes in every now and then, but she is determined to read this book. So uh, after after this moment, Ren is shoved back onto her broom. We hear Everest peck back up. Archie Jones for Fruff fails in his attempt to get the squashel out of Hart's hands. Hart darts around and she's going for it. Goal! 10 points for Serpentine! Teddy Lycan for Fruff really anticipated that move wrong. At least he throws the squashel to the right team member, Hudson Thompson for Fruff, who promptly drops the ball and Hart catches it. Tyranny is making another move. It looks like the pilfer is out of bounds and she's unable to catch it. O'Brien seems to be adjusting her position, just waiting for the pilfer to move up. Speak of the devil. The pilfer moves and Tyranny attempts a fake out. Ah, uh, but O'Brien is too smart for that. Louisa, look, it's it's over on the other side, that way. It's totally there, look. Learn to stay on your broom and then I'll believe what you say. Uh, fine. <laughs> Louisa, you got this. Kick Catherine's ass. I'm trying. Freddie Hudson for Serp just bitch slapped the squashel out of Thompson's hands. I, I know, I know, language. Was that O'Brien diving for the pilfer? Indeed it was. Oh, but she missed. Man, this pilfer is a tease today, folks. Oh, we have Thompson grabbing the squashel back and is heading towards the goal. Speeding quickly, will he fool Micah Gill for Serp? He will! 10 points to Stufflefruff! We are entirely tied now, folks, and it's anybody's game. What's going on over there with the bludgeoners? Amar is going for that bludgeoner behind Leo, and Pammy hits it! Wow, those two are close. Honestly, I didn't know any better. I'd say, whoa, 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 whoa! Tyranny is barreling towards them, and is she... No way! She leaps off her broom, catches the pilfer, and wins the game! Thank goodness Captain Cadigan was right there to catch her. Talk about a leap of faith. What an exciting game, folks. Probably one of the fastest games we've seen in recent years. Thanks to Serp MVP Ren Tierney for not wasting our time. Remember, kids, use all this extra time to do your homework. That means you, Annabelle. All right, all right, Professor signing off. This is Everest Edwards. Um, the teams lower themselves to the field. Uh, Leo gently setting you down, Ren. Um, 
Leo and Amar cross the field to each other, Amar offering the handshake this time. Leo shakes it, nodding and giving Amar a polite smile. Uh, the boys turn away from each other and walk back towards their respective team. I, I want to I run up to Leo before he can exit and just be like, you need to stop letting her jump off her broom. She is going to hurt herself one of these days and that is not okay. I can't believe you train your, your teammates like this. Help her and just like run away. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would like it to be known that when Ren jumped off of the off of the broom, literally Celeste stood up in her stand and louder than any cheering, you just hear her scream, Ren, what the fuck did Louisa say? Your father turns around and looks at you. <laughs> um am, am I wrong? Leo shouts after Louisa, I don't encourage this behavior. She does it every time though. You're the only one who can help her stop. Um, uh, when Louisa walks away, uh, Leo turns around and swallows you in a hug, Ren. Um, and you feel the impact of several of your other teammates joining in. Around you. Um, in the meantime, uh, Louisa, your teammates pass around shoulder squeezes and backpacks. Amar approaches you and offers a high five and says, you pulled some fearless moves out there. You, you did great. She like gently high fives him. He's like, well, th- thanks. I, it was fast, but I, I had fun, I think. <laughs> She's just like, it just started. Literally, Luisa's like, I thought, I don't, it, did that even happen? <laughs> like, you know, when your brain is just like, it didn't even have time to catch up with the oh. fact that the game had started. <laughs> it, it was a really fast game. I'd say probably like 30 minutes, like in total, but that's very fast for a sports game. Um, Professor Stewart claps her hands. She says, everyone get back to the locker rooms. You can celebrate after you're off my field. I need to clean up. Um, and she herds you all back into the locker room. But are we going to get uh, game time round two, Nile versus Nile? Because I'm looking forward to that. What? Nile Tierney versus Nile O'Brien. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to happen someday. Has anyone else heard the story of how I named Luisa's dad Niles, too? Because I was, like, coming up with names, and the only name I could think of was Colin, and I was like, or, that's your, that's Imogen's dad's name, right? No, Connor. Connor, that's what it was. Sorry, it was Connor. And I was like, the only thing I can think of is Connor, but it can't be Connor, because that's Imogen's dad's name. So, I guess I went with Niles. And then Alan was like, that's actually Ren's dad's name. Imagine if we had all, all three of the Irish (laughs) all had the same dad's names. I was trying so hard not to do that, and then I ended up doing it anyway. Dads can have the same name. It's just so nice. I love it so much. But it's then it's we my... do the Heathers, except it's the Niles, and then Veronica's Calvin. <laughs> I was about Niall, to say Calvin's gonna feel so left Niall, out. Niall and it's Calvin. Wild. <laughs> in the Serpentine locker room, everyone is in good spirits, chatting excitedly about some of the highlights. Micah is retelling his view of when Catherine absolutely smashed Hudson Thompson with a bludgeoner. She laughs at his recreation of uh, Thompson's facial expression and says, I wouldn't have seen a bludgeoner if you hadn't helped me out, Micah. I think the real hero of the game is Ren. She had no problem literally throwing herself off her broom to catch that pilfer. Way to go, Tierney. Why did she keep complimenting me? She, um, um, she pats you on the shoulder uh, as she secures her broom into her locker. Does Ren respond to, to Catherine at all? I think it takes her too long because she's still just like 
what? Um, <clears throat> and then she's like, oh, uh, thanks, uh, Catherine. I mean, Kim. I mean, ooh. She probably does say, like, nice job out there uh, as well. Thanks. Um, finishes putting her stuff away and, and heads out. Uh, Leo raises his eyebrows as he places his helmet on top of his folded uniform, but he says nothing. Um, Freddy slaps you on your back way too hard uh, as he scoots past you and says, Yeah, that was sick, Ren. Thank you. Also, Leo, what, what's with those eyebrows? Uh, are, you're one to talk. He does that thing where he like he like shakes his head and shrugs like he doesn't know what you're talking about. He's like, no, nothing. I don't know. I literally had to dive between you and Amar. You were so close together. Is anyone going to talk about that? You went for the bludgeoner. I didn't see it behind me. And then you went for his face. Leo says nothing, just closes his locker, and then leaves. Um, in the stuffle fruff locker room, everyone is in a very fruff mood. They're enthusing about what went great, evaluating what they've got to work on. No sore losers in sight. Um, Amar says, uh, Hudson and Louisa, you both did great. Hudson, you scored a goal. Louisa, you nearly caught the pilfer. Uh, we know what we got to work on, and our next game next semester will be even better. Great start to the season, you guys. Thanks. I, I had fun, and... Yeah, I had fun. It was a good game. And she just, like, I feel like she's muttering under breath, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm glad Ren won. Everyone's going to be really happy about that. Maybe Jameson lost the bet, but at least Carver won, and it's going to be okay. Ross, while you're doing this, like, internal monologue, Ross approaches you, and he says, hey, you did so great out there. You pulled some fantastic moves. You too, Ross. It's always fun to fly with you. Um, he starts to blush a bit and then he like runs away before you could see anymore as you exit as you guys exit the locker rooms there is a crowd of people waiting for the players um they cheer you all as they walk out serps and stufflefruffs alike um ren a young serpentine runs up to you immediately and says ren you were amazing my name's althea i'm a first year and i want to get on the team next year i've always wanted to be a pursuer do you have any advice Ah, just just keep practicing. That's so exciting. I can't wait for you to try out. I hope we can be on the same team next year. Me too. Congrats again. Um, and she she runs off like glowing, so excited. Among the crowd that waits for you both are both sets of your parents, um, as well as Henry and Jenny. Uh, and you see Professor Jameson is counting sorcerer dollars in a stack to give to Professor Carver, who is smiling wickedly. Jameson has an, uh, an expression on his face uh, showing he's a good sport. Uh, you hear Carver say, well, look at it this way, Sean. At least now you don't have to get us a baby gift um, as he pockets the money, laughing and, and slapping him on the shoulder. <laughs> and of course, you see Edison, Celeste, and Imogen waiting to be reunited with you four. Oh my God. Celeste just grabs Ren by the shoulders and starts shaking her. You can't keep doing this. You're going to break all of your bones. And if you're, you break your neck, there's no going back. I've been trying to tell her. And she's still shaking her. No, 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 but it's fine because it's it, the teachers always always get you in time. They're they can't to... get to you in time if you die, okay? She shakes her faster. <laughs> Red! I mean, it's fine. No, we're telling you it's not fine. She shakes her even faster. Red! <laughs> I, don't think this, I, don't, I don't think she's really registering it because it's still just like adrenaline of game and winning and stuff, so. That's our friend's <clears throat> life you're playing with. Well, it's all just a 
It's just a game. Not if you die. <laughs> um, we'll have to do this later. So uh, both both sets of your parents come up and and absolutely swallow you. Ren, your dad is like, <laughs> oh, you're fantastic. That was absolutely great. I think this is my new favorite sport. Your mom's like, you did so well, sweetie. And then Louisa, your dad's like, you did fantastic. Uh, you, you're, you were flying really high in the air. I didn't realize that it was that far. And your mother goes, thank you for not diving off your broom like that other girl. So like, so like, never ever do that. You know what, mom? I've been trying to tell her this game is very safe, but not if you jump off your broom. So I, I promise I won't do that. She gives you a kiss on the forehead and like pinches your cheeks like out of gratefulness that like, thank you for being smart and not jumping off a broom. At that and moment Ren's of Ren, Henry, Henry comes up to you and Louisa, Jenny comes up to you and they both give you a hug and Henry is like, that was fantastic. You, you caught that pilfer faster than I think I ever have. Um, and, and Jenny, um, this was saying to you, Louisa, you made some really smart choices out there. You have a very great strategic mind and I'm so excited to see you keep playing. Thanks. I'm excited to keep playing too. Um, they switch places and then give you both hugs, um, again, kind of doing the like swapping thing where it's like one and then, oh, my other kid over here, gotta hug them as well. And then, uh, then they go, of course, to Teddy. Carver uh, shakes your hand, Ren, and says, excellent job, I'm very proud of you. Did you see that jump? Wasn't it so cool, though? It was incredible. And I, if, if Leo hadn't caught you, I would have. I had my wand right there, so don't, don't worry about see? that. Yeah, jump. that's totally fine. See, that they, like, if I jump, then teachers will, ca it's fine. I, absolutely, I was, I was absolutely ready, ready to cast that spell if need be. Leo, it's not fine. Father, do not put these things in her mind. In fact, actually, Father, we're gonna have a talk after this. We're gonna don't have a talk encourage about her. <laughs> don't encourage her so that you'll win money. We don't even need money. You don't need money. Huh? <laughs> Sounds fake, but okay. Well, I don't know. With a new baby on the way, babies are expensive, and they got rid of all your baby stuff, Celeste, because you out far outgrew it. It was um, out of style. Oh, that too. They need a trendy new nursery for the baby. They're, they're definitely the type to throw it all out, not because they won't need to use it again, but because they want to buy new stuff. Uh, I think I think they donate, but yes. <laughs> you you even threw donate, out my yeah. crystal binky. What? We sold that bitch. <laughs> Um, but I don't need money now. And then um, the the crowd slowly, as everyone kind of gathers their people, hugs them, um, congratulates, all that kind of stuff. The crowd slowly starts to dissipate. Um, you see uh, a Leo waving goodbye to someone and heading off down a hall. Um, and a couple moments later, Amar Amar doing the same. And then it's down it's the same hall. I mean, yeah, I guess they went the same way. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So anyone want to investigate? <laughs> I'm I try to do. <laughs> Imogen is, has been in her book the whole time. She has not stopped studying obliterate charms and neuroscience this whole week, and there are some bags under her eyes. And you know, she's she's hugging you all and congratulating you, but um, she is still focused on her book. 
So as as the crowd is starting to go, you are you are left with the professors. Your your parents, you know, give you a loving hug, and and they need to be escorted uh, back to the fireplace so they can get home safely and timely. Um, so they they give you a, a hug and a kiss goodbye. You are you're left with uh, the porters and the professors, um, and, and of course your classmates. And uh, Henry Henry looks to you, Ren, and goes. Uh, Ren, uh, should we should we have a chat? Oh yeah. Do you mind if um, Louisa and Imogen and Celeste come with us? Absolutely, of course. All right. <clears throat> Just about yeah, yeah. All right. So I I think we kind of pull them aside a bit. Is Jenny still talking to the rest of the professors, or does she come with? Um, Jenny uh, kisses Henry on the shoulder or on the shoulder. Jenny kisses Henry. Wow. <laughs> Jenny kisses Henry on the cheek uh, and says, uh, "I I should get back, relieve the the babysitter. Um, you have have your talk, and then I'll see you at home." Uh, and, and he's like, "Of course." So she she goes off to to reunite with her her youngins, her wild childs, and, and Henry uh, gestures to you all to find a, a place to to talk. The professors at this moment, uh, Jameson and Carver, the last two professors there. And Carver kind of gives you a, a questioning look, kind of to, to say, should I go or should I stay now? I looked at the others. Father, we'll catch you later. Catch you later. <laughs> I, I looked at Louisa specifically, and I'm like, what do you think? Should we? I, I don't know. This is your thing. You're, you ask me along. Are you asking him along too? Uh, we'll, we'll check in with you, Professor Carver, in a bit, if that's all right. He nods, uh, pats Jameson on the back again, says, come on, Sean, I'll buy you a drink. You know, just I, just family business, all that. <laughs> I just want to, Lou, Lou just wants to run up to Jameson really quickly before he exits. Mm-hmm. And just be like, I'm sorry I couldn't win, Professor. I promise next time you bet on me, I won't let you down. And then just like turns and runs away because she doesn't want to hear what he has to say. He's going to say something nice and she doesn't want to hear. Um, he, he was going to say something nice, but at the speed Louise is sprinting away, you just hear, you got it. Louisa Naruto runs away. Yeah, literally. Uh, Jameson's bad at consolidating <laughs> words. Uh, Henry kind of like gestures with his head and and, and leads you to a nearby empty classroom. Um, a, a good enough place to talk and hogweed. And he uh, leans against the windowsill and he's like, so um, what's happening? Uh, Henry, can you do the thing where you go like blum 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 and and then people can't hear what you're saying? He looks at you strange, um, but pulls his wand and 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 does a little wave and and the the room is muffled. What's that spelled called? Spelled called muffly. It's the muffaletta. Muffaletta. Yes, like the sandwich. Nice. Thanks for the sandwich. Charm. All right. Um. <clears throat> so I'm not great at explaining things. So. If anyone wants to jump in at any point, um, we tr- um, oh, that's right. I, I didn't tell you that I had that. Um, <laughs> we're so, like, never mind. <laughs> so, on a scale of one to ten, how mad at me would you be if I told you that I, uh, I nicked something from over the summer? It depends on what it is. Is it illegal? Um, well, is <laughs> it all within my jurisdiction? Technically, no. It was uh, one of the potions that uh, Hermia and Drago made for my mum. Ah, okay. What did you do with it? Gave it to Edison. To drink? 
Uh-huh. Well, you gave it to Professor Singh first, so it's only adults here, right? Does Professor Singh know that we made it? Nope. Just knows that I know someone who made it. Oh, all right. Uh, excellent. I mean, I don't think it's illegal. I, I... It is illegal. Uh, it is. I can, can I can confirm. It is illegal. Um... Oh, see, the, oh, right, I did, yeah. Um, I thought it was more so that the, the potion ingredients that were used in it were the elite, uh, like, altogether when they were mixed, that was the illegal part, and it wasn't necessarily this particular potion that was, um... He does that thing where he looks at the ceiling like he's trying not to see something. Mm-hmm. Um... If I okay. told you it was for a good reason, would it... Would you be less mad at me? Maybe. Sometimes I can excuse things for good reasons. Depends on how good the reason is. Celeste um, whispers to, to Ren, we also have to tell him that we have the, the obliterate sheet. Do we have to? I, do, I feel like it's rather important if we're oh. telling them about Jameson and how we know. I, I think we should. Um, uh, Henry, Mr. Porter, uh, you, uh, you want to know that we stole that for a good reason, basically? I, I, I would like to know that you stole it for a good reason. It would make me feel better about me not doing my job. Well, one of our friends was in danger, is in danger still. And the only way we could get the information that we needed was from that potion. Is that good enough? Is that okay? I don't, I don't want to give out too many details just in case they're not comfortable with us sharing. But it, it's a dire situation, and there was much adult supervision. Henry, Not too much. You... Only trusted adults. Yes, Adul- only trusted heard... adults. Henry, have you heard of the rise? Uh, I have. Um, there's a. Well, it, it was involved in the um, prison break. The, a certain phrase, um, as are the rumors about a certain court case. Um, Can confirm. You said there were adults there? Can I get like a rough number of how many adults? What are you gonna do with the number? Not arrest people, I think. Okay, um, so, I mean, look, Henry, I know you're like an official now, but there were some things that you had to do that weren't necessarily on the books in the past, and that's that's pretty well documented now. I mean, there's like at least eight books about it somewhere. Also, at least eight people, eight adults. I actually got the idea uh, when I went to visit my mother uh, from book five, I believe. Those unauthorized autobiographies done by Margarita Mosquito? Right. Those, <laughs> those are so accurate. Because an, an autobiography is written by the person it's about, so unauthorized uh, autobiography is just... An unauthorized biography, my mistake. That's what, okay. that's what Lemony Snicket has. <laughs> unauthorized autobiography. autobiography. <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the thing. I do not authorize myself. I broke the rules and the laws many times as a child. I cannot hide that fact anymore. It is very commonly known. But what happened after that was a clearing out of those who made the situation what it was so that I had to break the rules. We should be at a point now where we don't have to. And I'm trying not to become one of those people 
who's in charge and breaking rules so that others have to break rules. So it's just kind of like a moral pretzel at the moment. Henry, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are a lot of things going on right now that you and your fellow people at the Sanctum cannot explain. And also, quite possibly have had a hand in. I know things are different now than when you were our age, but I don't think they're as different as you'd like to think that they are. Well, you're definitely right that I would like to think that things are different, but it, it seems that we're not quite at the point where things can be. And more and more recently, I'm rethinking some things. See, even you know it's not perfect. Even, even you know there are issues here. We're just trying to do our best and keep our friends safe under the circumstances. We, in no way were we trying to harm you or bring any trouble to you. Henry, would it be better if we don't tell you anything else? Um, he, he thinks about it for a second. Um... Because it'd be really nice to have a friend and ally, but if it's gonna put you in, in trouble or put anyone, any of yours in danger, then I don't... If it needs to be a need-to-know basis, then we can do that. We just need to know. He, he thinks for, for a moment, um... Someone roll insight for me. Try to do better than you did last time. Dirty 20. As he's he's thinking in this silence, there is a look on his face that you recognize. It is one you've seen on some people's faces before, and and it only happens in some some very important moments. Henry is making a decision. You're not entirely sure what that decision is, but he wrestles with it. And after a moment, he comes to some kind of conclusion. And he says, tell me everything. And we do. We have, well, first, Celeste <laughs> would like to ask, do we have immunity? I am not going to do anything. I'm, I'm not going to share this information. Um, I'm. You're not going to get in trouble with anything you tell me. I obviously can't promise if you tell anyone else what they're going to do. But with, with me, you're okay. While they're telling him everything celeste would like to hand him the obliterate list and just say could you put this back for me he uh flips open uh the the front of the file to see what it is um and you just see his eyebrows raise and he closes and he goes yep absolutely i can do that yeah yeah but before they start like properly telling him what's going on imogen immediately starts explaining the intricacies of neuroscience and the obliterate charm because she's like this is what matters this is what matters this is what we need your help with is is finding out how to clear this blockage in the memory i love this image of like a, a short like 12 year old girl telling henry porter as an adult what to do <laughs> i yeah. love it just rattling off all this information without context of what's going on. Because this is, Imogen is just like, this is important. This is what we need to do. We need to figure this out and then, and then maybe we can help someone. Yeah, I think we tell him literally everything. Yeah. He, he sits there, he takes it all in, um, nodding. You can imagine uh, Anton Ego from Ratatouille listening to the story about how the rat cooked the food. Um, how he just sits there and he he takes it in, um, but he 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 takes it in and and he takes a moment after you finish and he goes, okay, all right, this is not something we can fix by ourselves, but I know people who can help. People that you trust. People that I trust the most. Uh, I ask the girls real quick if we disclosed 
the teachers that were involved in our class or if we even disclosed the class. Are we, are we telling him that too? Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like if we told him everything, everything, or if we told him everything minus the people's names. That being said, he could probably guess, but. I feel like we shouldn't even mention the class since the whole point of the class is to investigate the sanctum. Wouldn't that breach our opportunity? Maybe, Maybe... we should just tell him that like we gathered a bunch of teachers. We Yeah, we could just say there are, there are some teachers that we definitely trust that no, you know. Um, also, you do know that he uh, he's the one who's been talking to Professor Delgado. And that's where Delgado came into that room and was like, there's been a prison break. Henry is the one who told Delgado. You do know that. Okay. He probably knows about the class. So maybe it's okay that we talk about the teachers. And it, But it's, I don't think Ren would say names unless like Celeste or Louisa did, to be honest. Or... Or Imogen. Celeste wouldn't say names. Uh, I feel like if, if Louisa was noticing that people weren't saying names, she would also not, unless, you know, he asked. Imogen probably doesn't notice that you're not saying names, but she also doesn't say names because that's not really on her radar right now. He, uh, he says, okay, I have a couple questions. If you don't mind, because the answer changes some things. Which professors? Um, I'll, I'll, uh, Louisa look to the group and just, uh, like, requesting a nod out of each of them. Celeste gives Louisa a look of, like, you're the leader, what you say, we'll, we'll follow. Imogen Sorry, Louisa's the leader. <laughs> Imogen yeah, looks so... to her books and says, you are the leader. What do you do? The book says nothing. <laughs> okay, everyone, okay, that didn't work. Um, everyone okay with me sharing the names? Stala <laughs> just wanted to... Yep. Yes, that was a yes. We, we trust you is basically what we're saying. <laughs> Great. Um, and Mr. Porter, I'm gonna trust you. So uh, I'll, I'll tell him all the names. Um, he nods um, again and he says, good people. They are. They're, they've been so helpful to us. I, I mean... Don't get me wrong, I was really furious with them at the end of last year, treating us like children and, and not telling us things, but they, they've they really tried to, to make up for it, and I think they're trying to do good. Um, that, that's entirely understandable. I mean, I, I definitely know what that's like. Um, and the fact that they did tell you speaks volumes. You know, uh, the, the best I can say you know, from the perspective that I have that perhaps, perhaps they waited because they wanted to make sure that, that you were, you know, the right ones and that you could handle it. And they didn't want to bring you into something that they weren't sure you could do and wanted to make sure they're preserving as many as they can. Um, I understand that now and I think you're right. And Tiberius, I've, I've worked with him before. Um, absolute genius. Uh, Honestly, truly, they couldn't have brought someone better into this. Um, and if Jameson trusts him, so do I. It feels like there's a but coming up. No, no, no but. I, I, I trust these people. Perhaps if, if you had said some other names, I, I would have hesitated a bit more. Um, but they truly are all good people that, that I do trust and admire. It's just... I think it just makes me sad that after everything that I went through and so many went through, there are still people in the world who want to do so much harm. 
makes us sad too. Yeah, it's been a lot to learn this past. We've had a very eventful two years of school. Yeah, I can relate. I don't know if that's normal for all the students here, um, or for like some students, but it's been wild. Um, you really should ask around if this is normal. <laughs> honestly, if I if if I knew anybody who was like older than me, I would ask because this has been going on for a while. Like before, right, so wasn't this crazy before like everything started, or like. Like in the 1800s, was it this crazy? Like I genuinely couldn't tell you. I I, I don't know. Hug me to history and cite some quotations. Yeah, I've never read it. <laughs> of course not. We know. It. I do think that that Ren says, after he mentions that he's sad, um, it makes us sad too, and that's why we want to do something about it. I admire you all so much. Um, you, you have made a very difficult choice, but a very, very brave and courageous one. I'm I'm here to support you and help you in any way. I'm gonna talk to um, these people that, that I trust with, with my life, um, see if, if they can they can help out, be a, be a little more um, directly helpful. I'll talk to Delgado as well, and, and I think I have, I think I have a plan that might work, but I need to, I need to check something. I need to talk to Jenny first. Um, I'm not going to tell her all this, but I do need to check in with her about something. I, I, I appreciate your honesty. I truly, truly do. Again, that is something that I value very much as as I lack that from people when I was about your age. And, and I will uh, do my best to return that honesty to you as much as I possibly can. I think clarity um, is going to be one of the most powerful weapons that we can have. Not love, that's fucking stupid. And <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm still bitter that the fact that we read seven books and the whole fucking point was love is the most powerful weapon. And then the author doesn't even believe that. It doesn't even um, love, it doesn't even accept that, you know, some people are people mm. and worthy of love and um, humans. I think the thing that makes me mad is that she says uh, love is the most powerful weapon and I'm like shouldn't be a weapon yeah you know, you know fuck, fuck transphobes 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 and terps and yeah fuck them <laughs> so we all have that uh, uh, we and, and Henry Porter have that uh, another several minutes of just saying fuck transphobes and then we get yeah. back, to, back to what we were oh, talking yeah. about Henry Porter unmutes the room, leans out the door, and screams trans rights, and then come back back in and then mutes the room again. The entirety of Hogweed responds immediately, trans rights! Louder than the broom zoom screams and cheers. Because if there's anything we know about this world, it's that the people- The trans people are people and deserve rights, correct? Yes, and and that that those at, at Hogweed are very enthusiastic about that. We are- we are warriors in that right. Warrior cats. Our warriors. We are warriors. Cats. <clears throat> so <laughs> Firestar yeah. said trans rights too. <laughs> we are warriors. Meow. Meow. <laughs> Even um, the big bad in this series is still gonna support trans rights. Oh my know. god, absolutely. Margarita <laughs> Mosquito in this series supports trans rights. <laughs> we don't have trans homes <laughs> anymore. Like yeah. not in the there not no in the social community. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Henry, uh, Henry stands uh, and he says, uh, if you don't mind, I uh, have a bit of work to do. 
Um, you'll be hearing from me very soon, I'm sure. Uh, great game, you guys. Thank you again for telling me. Mr. Porter, I, 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 I have a request. Um, she pulls, goes under her shirt and pulls out the necklace and untethers it and just shows it to him and says, does this look familiar or anything? Um, he, he looks at the necklace that you have, um, that, that really gorgeous silver swirly with that chunk of emerald, that really beautiful necklace. And he looks at it and he goes, that is a nice necklace. Um, have you had it checked? Curses by times. Be careful, yes, uh, Celeste. You need to be careful showing that to other people. You know how competitive Professor Jameson is about his appraisal <laughs> skills. <laughs> yes, you, you're, you're right. I should have done this more discreetly. I, I apologize. He's uh, like, I have no fucking clue how much that costs. But uh, he he takes it and he, he inspects it closely and he goes, uh, I've never seen I've never seen this before. I'm I'm sorry. I don't have any information on it. But it's somewhere between five dollars and ten thousand dollars for sure. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, we, it's just that I got it in a special package to me after the Alaska Band breakout. So there was, a, you know, there's that lingering worry that perhaps this was a gift from family that I have in Alaska Band. But I, it, I mean, it's been checked several times for curses. I keep showing it to people. It's lovely. I love it. I just. It makes me nervous that maybe there's like somebody looking through the emerald or something, you know? Or like one day it's gonna take over my mind. If people have checked it for for curses and for any magic, it definitely would have, you know, you can't hide from that. But um, I had people check it after I touched it. Is that a problem? No. Um, okay. I'll tell you this. Rest assured, with with what I've done um, in the sanctum, this is not. Magnum Caro's style, sending an anonymous gift. He likes to claim his actions. Oh, uh, okay. Strange. Uh, Celeste kind of gets quiet and stands back with the girls mm-hmm. and puts the necklace back on. He offers, you know, handshakes and hugs to anyone who wants it. Um, and he says, I, I have to go. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you shortly. Hopefully, um, before Christmas break, if not, maybe over winter break, um, you know, you're always invited to our festivities. Um, but I, I, I will be, I will be talking to you all soon. Um, and then he, he goes to leave. Yeah, I give him a big old hug. Hmm. God, bro. So My God, butter. Like a, a little hand and that kind of shake. Like, kind of like one of those kiss the ring handshakes. He does that, he like takes it and then turns your hand and does a handshake. Oh! (laughs) Celeste, it's called a handshake. Get used to it. (laughs) And Louisa like pushes past her and hugs Henry. That's what I'm doing! She's like, she's laughing though while she's at that. Celeste, uh, we'll work on handshakes next. I try to give Henry a hug or a handshake or something, but I have a book in this hand and a book in the other hand and a book under each arm. And I'm clutching another book to my chest and I'm like, I just like curtsy. He pats you on the shoulder, um, understanding. Um, Hermia is his best friend after all, so he knows uh, the book struggle uh, and and he goes to leave. Yes, for you, Dawn. (laughs) 
Screw you, Don. It was always Hermia. It was. They were best friends. Yes, you friends. Henry goes to leave the room, hesitating before he exits. He turns back to you, giving you a look weighted with everything you've told him. He quietly murmurs, I have a lot to think about. And he leaves. End of session. Oh, uh, hey, it's Ren. Thank you for listening. It means so much to us. If you like what you hear and want to hear more from us, check out our Patreon. We really depend on your support, and the more support we get, the more fun content we can create for you. Go to patreon.com forward slash themodifivers and join the team. That's patreon.com forward slash T-H-E-M-O-D-I-5-E-R-S. Patrons get access to all sorts of magical stuff like a certain quiz, early release episodes, and loads of behind-the-scenes bonus content, as well as some deleted scenes. You get VIP access to all sorts of crazy goings-on from the Sorcery Sisters and the Modifivers alike. Don't worry if you can't commit to a monthly donation. You can also support us by leaving a small one-time donation on Coffee, and that's coffee.com forward slash the Modifivers. You can also follow at Pod on a variety of social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post updates, art, and most importantly, memes, frequently, so be sure to check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have any thoughts on the last Broomzoom game, I took some notes and I really think... Another time? Okay, sorry. Speaking of thoughts, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to Ensorcelled. Drop a name in your review and we'll give you a shout-out at the end of the next episode. I'm happy to say hi and I know Louisa, Celeste, and Imogen would be delighted as well. <laughs> you can also ask an NPC or the God of Fiverr herself. The past six months have been absolutely wonderful. And it's been so cool to see how much our family has grown in such a short time. <laughs> Please keep sharing, leave some reviews and comments, and take care of yourself. Also, honestly, if anyone wants to play some Broomsum with Louisa and I, I would love to make a plan because I think Celeste is tired of me asking about a two-on-two -two and Imogen is usually distracted by the moss that grows on the pitch, so... Oh, okay, I'll leave it for next time. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for listening!